0: The following is not to be taken seriously. Patrick and Ryan are not experts. They are semi-professional, amateur hobbyists, and their views and opinions reflect as such.
1: Hey there, welcome to the Shiny Things Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Patrick. I'm the other host. And uh, today we got a special guest on to talk about a shiny thing. But before we introduce him and what his thing is, let's talk really fast about what a shiny thing is for our new listeners. Patrick, can you describe to me what a shiny thing is? A shiny thing is a passion, a hobby. It could be anything, something like that, where you basically love to talk about it. You love to gush about it. You, you're you waiting for someone to ask you, about, you, it. So you talk to talk your, about it. So you can talk their ear off about it. Um. So So, you know, Everyone has a blank guy in your in your life, right? So you're like, oh, you're a car guy. You're you know, you're a magazine guy. You know, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so whatever you want, whatever you think that you're that type of guy, that's that's what I consider a shiny thing. Yeah. All right. And uh, to talk about their shiny thing, we got Brandon Feeney from the Feeney Call Podcast over from the Great North joining us today. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? Hi, Brandon.
0: Not bad, guys. How about you? You having a good Sunday? Good, so good, far, good.
1: pretty good on my end. Yeah, can't complain. But thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, do you want to uh, quickly introduce, before we get into the nitty-gritty of what your shiny thing is, like surface level it for us?
0: Um. So I'm Brandon Feeney out of Ontario, the uh, race car driver, and uh, yeah, I started clocking die-cast uh, NASCAR cars after I got one of my own car.
1: It's Actually, that's a little surprising. I would have expected it to go the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> So you're um, saying you wait so you're saying you have a die cast car of your own race car?
0: Yes, I uh won that's a awesome. race uh for the first time in twenty twenty three and I decided I wanted a die cast of it. So I made a couple custom die casts with a guy that does them up here, and that was die cast number one in my collection.
1: That's... that's one of the photos that you sent, right?
0: Uh yeah, that's the one in the car where i may or may not be breaking the law. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> that's uh so cool this one right here oh my goodness that's awesome i'm looking at it right now yeah
0: (laughs) and ryan knows from experience of that paint scheme is complex but basic at the same time as ryan made a uh i-racing version for me as well so
1: Mm -hmm. oh that's very it's one of those uh it looks easy and but it's complex in certain areas right that's extremely cool and the fact that you have it on iRacing as well, and we we did a whole episode on iRacing; it's out now. Um, and, but so that's that's very cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's super cool that I've got not only a digital version, but the there's five of these that exist now. Three sponsors have one. I have one, and, and uh, one of my best friends that's never missed one of my races has one.
1: I feel like asking about the die casting process is like a whole separate episode, so I'm going to restrain myself. (laughs) Well, so these are custom-made die casts, right? Do they have to buy die casts that already exist, strip them of what's on them, and repaint them? Or do they buy them blank and just paint them up?
0: So the guy I use buys donor die casts, so it'll be less collectible die casts, to say I think uh, correctly. He strips them, repaints them, has a company in Australia redo the vinyl print. Where then he has it shipped back over here and re-vinyls the car to make them look proper. And that
1: means like the uh the standard decals like the grill and stuff.
0: That's everything but the basic like white paint job on my car.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty involved process. That's, <laughs> yeah. I I I both was and wasn't expecting that to be honest.
0: <laughs> so if you also look at the blue seven car that's signed by J.R. Fitzpatrick and Dale Jr. That was also another custom one made by the same person. That car okay. doesn't exist as a diecast in like a conventional. Oh wow! Die-cast. Okay,
1: yeah, that's awesome. We'll put these photos up on our socials too, so yeah, so uh, people uh, can, can see what out. we're talking about.
0: Yeah, if you're looking to get the custom ones done, that's a guy in Ontario named Daryl Ecott.
1: I'll have to look into it because I would really like to have a uh, a turbo dark car for. Uh... That I run. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, and he's he's pretty fairly priced and stuff like that, because it does take time and money, but he's pretty fair on it, so he's probably one of the better custom diecast guys I've ever seen.
1: Alright. I gotta be honest, when I invited you on, I thought you were going to be talking about, like, diecasts that anyone can get. The, the custom diecasts are, is like a fun bonus
0: yeah like I said, it was it started the hobby started with my car, and then I had it up on the shelf, and I'm like, it looks weird just having the one die cast, yeah,
1: it looks so alone
0: <laughs> It needs friends, and that's how its
1: i <laughs> I felt that siren call before, yep.
0: <laughs> and I think I counted last night, and I'm at over two hundred and fifty now, and I only started last year.
1: Those are not cheap,
0: wow. So I actually started, like, anyone getting into a collection would. You start with something that catches your eye, but it might be a, a cheaper price instead of going for, like, the high-dollar collectibles right away. hmm Mm-hmm. So I'd grab, say, like, out-of-box cars and stuff like that from a local flea market that are, like, $10, $15 cars that looked really cool, that, or, like, the paint schemes were a little different than, like, a stock paint scheme. And so I did that, and I started filling up the shelves, and I'm like, oh, well, there's. I got the Dale Sr. 1998 uh, Daytona 500 winning car. And then I got like the last win car. Um, but like the collection I just finished, um, I'll have to send you the rest of the pictures because you only got one of them, is Dale Earnhardt's last win car. So I have that last win car. I have the Kenny Wallace 2000 car. And the Oakwood Holmes Charlie Daniel Band's Joe Nemechek car. So I have the whole podium for Dale Sr.'s last race. Or uh, last win race
1: pretty cool and i guess that was gonna be my next question is is your collection all race cars or do you have a mix of different types of cars in there
0: 99.9 percent is race cars i have a few just like random die casts that people have given me of like old like hot rods and stuff like that okay but they kind of don't sit on the shelf with the rest of them it's more like the nascar stuff <laughs> in.
1: It to the corner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can go sit over there (laughs) yeah
1: that's cool uh so you kind of answered our first question where like how did you get into it um collecting the diecast um like i said it kind of went the other way yeah i would have kind of expected to someone to collect diecast and say what if i had a real one instead of you know having a real one then turning around getting a diecast and yeah to be honest i thought we were going to be I don't know what we were going to be talking about, to be honest. So I wasn't sure if we were going to be talking about all diecast or like Hot Wheels.
0: or now, Hot Wheels is a later episode. Yeah,
1: yeah. So no, this I, is
0: I have some of those too. Like so, if you talk like one sixty fourth stuff, I collect a lot of the Cruiser Bruiser Hot Wheels Um, that have like the different liveries of like the demolition derby wagon. Mm-hmm. And like I have a bunch of one sixty fourth NASCARs as well, but I didn't okay. really count those as like I've had those since I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. I would have to agree. Like, I, I would. They are metal, but I would consider like the Hot Wheel stuff and the little cars to be like a separate thing. Yeah, I, I agree too. I mean, I have a like a whole, I have a bucket at my parents' place of like or a whole like bin full of like thousands of of them from when I was a kid. So I don't, but I don't really consider that like the collection or a hobby, I guess, because you know I, I don't do anything with them. Well, now that I think about it, I think it depends on what it is, because, like, I had growing up, um, like, a little 164th scale of Dale Sr.'s uh, Daytona 500 win little diorama, so it had, like, all the pit crew, like, lined up on the side of the pit, like, to congratulate him, because it finally happened. So, like, that's, like, a collectible die cast, but it's still 164.
0: So, do you also have the Dale Sr. Dodge? The number eight Dodge that he drove,
1: I do not no.
0: So I don't I have, think I, have think I even 124th. have that
1: diecast anymore. I think it's I think it's gone. I have to look for it.
0: It's weird when I started getting like my senior collection going because the deal senior cars are tend to be more pricey. I started matching the one sixty fourths I had. So like as I got like the one twenty fourth, I'd get rid of the one sixty fourth and sell it, and like kind of trade in first to uh, trade up. Place. Yeah, trade up a little bit. Mind you, at the same time, for a while, I collected one-to-ones.
1: Alright, please explain what a one-to-one is to the the common man.
0: A uh, one-to-one is a real race car. It's a full-size race car. Yeah. Um, so, at one point, I had 15 race cars laying around here. Wait. Whether it had been <laughs> old, retired race cars, or ones I was working on, or... I, was I choose
1: to believe you just had them like out in a field like there, they're growing they're looking good <laughs> this year <laughs> here's my race car field yeah this is my race car field the crops are really coming in you could destroy this year
0: <laughs> so funny story is I don't have a garage or anything like that so I either they were literally out in the field or they were in the dirt driveway and I was working on them if they were okay. lucky they were on the trailer okay wow yeah, I don't, I don't have no fancy things kicking around here when I'm racing and stuff like that.
1: All right, well, now I have to ask, Like, can you list off some of these 15 cars, like what they are? Because I can't imagine that they're all the same thing.
0: I had a pro late model um, that was kind of detuned so I could run against the limited late mo- models I called Maryland. I had Vengeance was my full-blown limited late model, which is a, a stock uh, frame late model. I had what they called a super stock at the time, which was a 1974 Chevelle. I know I had my Cheviac Um I can explain more than that on a later date. Uh, that was my bone stock uh, that I called the Mistress. I had a Honda Civic that I called DLM. I had an open wheel modified I was working on. I had uh, there was a dry car I think I was working on at some point too, and then like just like a bunch of parts cars and stuff like that too. So.
1: It's an impressively large I guess uh' just like a width of stuff here I lost the words for it <laughs> collection yeah, that, yeah. I would say it's, it's a collection but like it's a it's a wide variety of cars I guess yeah that's fascinating I also was not aware that you had named them all or at least most of them
0: um I name all my cars whether it's a <laughs> road car or a race car um the one I'm driving right now that's so well-modified is called Bamblam, because the <laughs> guy who built... It, it's actually an Andy <laughs> Joko, uh, Jokowiak car out of uh, New York. The guy that brought it up to Ontario and rebuilt it to our rules wanted to call it Black Betty, but didn't want him to because of the song, so he just called it Bambalam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fun. Whoa, Black Betty, right? Bamblam. Yeah.
0: Good luck in that or your head for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it. it's going to be stuck there for a little while. I like
1: the spider bait version, honestly, over the uh, ram jam. But you know, heresy. It's still a eh, little bit. Um. Wow, man, you made me forget what I was going to ask. It's just blown right out. Oh, that okay. Now I have to ask: did you, did you name your iRacing car?
0: So the iRacing car that you painted after my real car. The real car's name was Anna Nicole, so I just kind of kept with that.
1: And Nicole Junior.
0: It well, they're trying to be rude. It's virtual presence anyway, so it's the same thing. <laughs> Still counts. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's hard to name something you can't actually sit in.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I guess I'll allow it.
0: <laughs> like my road car is a Mazda three. It's just a cheap, cheap. Uh, Winter beater. It's called uh, Zoom Zoom. My truck's called Beastie.
1: Is Zoom Zoom a Mazda? I missed it. Yes. A... It is okay. a 2008 Mazda missed... 3. Okay, I missed it because I was pulling up my uh, stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: It is like my teenage car. It is just a beater and it is full of every bumper sticker I could have from the racing world kind of sitting on it. Nice. Yeah, the back one was almost full on that.
1: You look like you have something you want to say. No. I no? Don't. All right. yeah. All right. So, that will, uh, why don't we just kind of pull this back into the original <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> topic that we were starting on before we go back into real cars? Because, uh, we've had episodes before we talk about cars and we're like, oh boy, cars are great, but, like, let's talk about the diecast stuff. And, uh, We, uh, one of the questions we like asking our guests and each other is like, what do you get out of the shiny thing? Like, uh, and look like what makes you still do it.
0: So, like I said, when I started, it was as a memento to my first win. So, it was kind of just like, I can see it and be like, I've done it at least once. And then it was just like, you know what? I see all these, it's the thrill of the hunt now for me. Oh, yes, I agree with that. Stuff like that.
1: So, like, I've.
0: I've got a lot of basic paint scheme cars covered. So like your Harvicks, your Tony Stewart's and stuff. But where I, where I like finding is those really good deals on like a special livery. So like somebody doesn't know what they have and it's at like a value village or a flea market. And you, you find like a championship uh, special co- like edition of a car or stuff like that. And you got
1: to try and keep your cool so they don't get tipped over to the fact that they have something on their hands here.
0: Oh, yeah, like I got the Dale Sr., Dale Jr. Uh, 2001 24-hour uh, of uh, Daytona car. The guy got the 118th race version, which uh, it's worth pretty good penny if you look online. The guy sold it to me for 25 bucks because he thought it was broken because the hood and everything came off. But that's just how that diecast is made, where you can open everything up.
1: Oh, Wow. <laughs> don't tell him. Also, don't be listening to this podcast. He has no idea. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, I showed him after we made deals and shook hands.
1: Oh. <laughs> Let him kick himself in front of you then, I guess.
0: He I he'll bet. know for next time, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I have a I have a similar story for a different hobby, but um we uh my next question is how like how niche of a collecting market is it for racing die-casts?
0: So, when I first started, it was basically anything I thought looked cool, which then limited down to, it has to have a box now, which is now limited down to, I'm only going with, like, three or four brands, so I'll have, like, the Lionel if I get something newer, and then I'll have, like, for the older cars, I'll have the Action or, like, the RCA Elites and stuff like that, unless it's something that's, like, I've never seen a paint job, even in real life, or pictures of the car and stuff like that, then it's like, all right, I'll get that if it's Racing Champions or something like that.
1: Yeah, your collection gets big enough where you have to be a lot more selective or else you're just going to get overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, my uh buddy Cam K up here who runs another podcast up here in Ontario for racing. Uh he is way more of a diecast snob than I am. His is like <laughs> has to be pristine, action in the box, it has to be from this era to this era. It's he's way pickier than I am. <laughs> wow. He also has I think like 600 cars.
1: What does he do with all those?
0: He has them all on display in like, um, the China cabinets and stuff like that in his apartment.
1: So it's, so wow. his just wall to wall, China just, cabinets filled with stuff.
0: Yeah. China cabinet shelves. And it looks really cool in the background as a podcast. I can just say that though.
1: Oh no, I'm sure it looks great. Just my, <laughs> I'm boggled. I'm, I'm speechless to be honest.
0: <laughs> He's actually a big Terry Labonte fan too. So like, the big, like, rare Terry Labonte cars is where he goes for.
1: What makes a rare die-cast car?
0: Um, so you're looking at rare die-cast cars. You're looking at uh, the number one thing is the amount produced. So you'll have some that are overproduced, like 200,000 are made and stuff like that. And they're kind of a, uh, a normal car you'd find for, like, a basic paint scheme and stuff like that. And then you have some that are, like, special versions or special... Um, paint jobs and stuff like that. So they'll have instead of being a normal diecast, they'll have like say a liquid color or color chrome, or um, even signed versions. Or the ones that I really like trying to find are like the defects where it's they if it's a Jimmy Johnson car, it doesn't have Jimmy's signature on it. It has like a Dale Jr. signature by accident.
1: And that's worth more.
0: Oh, it's worth way more because it's it's just honestly it's a misprint or mislabel at the when they're making them and it's just something they didn't catch in quality control and stuff like that.
1: There are a couple uh, things that I collect that also make exceptions for misprints and miscasts and stuff. So yeah, that makes sense that it would be. If it slips through, it's worth more. Yeah.
0: It's like somebody that collects coins and they find like a misstamped coin and it's worth way, way more because it it didn't get caught.
1: It shouldn't exist. Right. Yeah. They're... Same with like bills. like you'll for some reason, like, on Reddit, Reddit keeps forcing me to see, like, the subreddit that's, like, uh, basically money collectors. Uh-huh. Uh, Reddit keeps doing that. Yeah. Like, oh, oops, <laughs> I accidentally clicked the link no, to the it's to like, money know, it's collectors. It's like community suggested. It's like, well, I never once in my life thought I want to collect bills. Why are you doing this? To me? But anyways, and so, yeah, same day where they have, like, people will post, like, oh, you know, here's this misprint dollar where it's, like, the serial number is all whack or, like, out mm-hmm. of, you know, sync or whatever. And then... You and so it's worth more just because somehow that passed QC, but... Yeah, I've seen, like, magic cards are a whole thing with it, too. Like, yeah. if they get misprinted, like, slightly to the side or diagonal, or, like, they crimp the card accidentally with the cutter or whatnot, like, those are all worth something because they shouldn't exist.
0: Or if you get, like, a whole sheet. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uncut sheets and cards are worth pretty good.
1: I have no idea how much, like, magic, like, controls that stuff. I've never <laughs> looked into that. Yeah, I feel like that's a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: So, and... conveniently enough, I have a friend that owns a comic book shop up here. And he has, like, a sheet in his display of, like, holographic Charizard first editions. Oh, my. He... Yeah, it's, it's a stupid expensive sheet. It's completely uncut. And he goes, I'm never selling this unless I want to retire.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah why? retire now sell that yeah wild i don't remember if i told the story on this podcast that i had a first edition holographic charts art that i lost no you never told this i lost it it's gone <laughs> uh it i luckily i lost it when it was worth only 500
0: dollars, <laughs> and you know
1: definitely not the multiple thousands it would be now
0: oh boy some kids riding with the in the bike spokes, just making the cool motorcycle
1: joints. <laughs> so I lost it when we moved houses uh, when I was in elementary school. So hopefully the kid that moved in after me, you know, found it and like live in the high life now.
0: Yeah, they're not in that apartment now. They have a gaudy. <laughs> yeah. Or more likely it's just in some book
1: somewhere. as <laughs> has a forgotten bookmark. It's, yeah, it's just a bookmark.
0: <laughs> you say that now he's going to go check every book. Yeah, I'm going to go check
1: every single book.
0: Yep. Every All book four the of them.
1: <laughs> i i have at least twice as uh, as many books as that
0: <laughs> yeah but half of them don't open they're just those fake books that you can you know have like the oh, you know, so people think i'm in.
1: people think i'm cultured yeah that or it's uh holding you know it's hollowed out and it's holding something money rare like a rare charizard <laughs> like char- card yeah.
0: encyclopedia britannica <laughs> yeah How are we looking Uh,
1: on time, my friend? 18 minutes. 18 minutes. Oh, we can get twice as much out of Brandon. Yeah. Or 22 minutes. Yeah. We're at 22 minutes for now. Brandon, is there anything you want to tell us about your collection that we haven't thought to ask?
0: Um, yeah. So like I told you about the Dale Senior Last Win podium. Mm -hmm. I also got the first win Dale Junior car. I have the entire set of Superman cars from 1999, which is the Ron Hornaday truck, the Dale Jr. Xfinity car, and the Jeff Gordon, like, purpley chrome uh, cup car.
1: So, uh, Superman is Superman on the car?
0: Yes, it's a Superman-sponsored car. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, I was actually going to pull you back here and take you back to the Dale Jr. first win car and such, because not everybody who listens to this podcast is going to be big into racing, so you're going to need to explain some stuff.
0: So, Dale Jr. is Dale Sr.'s son, for some people that couldn't put that together. Um, Dale Sr. was the most popular driver uh, when he passed away in 2001. His son started racing, I believe it was 1997, and got his first win at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, So, it was kind of a a shift change in the NASCAR, um, landscape. So I got the die cast. It comes with the confetti and all that stuff. And as it was raced and how it finished, luckily that card, I don't think really has any scratches on it from when he raced it. So it doesn't look much different than a stock one other than the confetti.
1: Yeah. It's because they with confetti all over it.
0: So interesting enough, the action ones come with the confetti still in the bag.
1: So you can put the confetti on it yourself
0: as you put it in your display, you can actually confetti the car. So all mine that I have the race win versions of, and I have like 15 Dale junior race wins. um, They're all still in the bag. None of them have been opened before. So it's all still somebody that was collecting them is what I got them from. So
1: see, I've seen the uh, special versions where they have the, the confetti all over the car and stuff like car. It's already like, it's like a sticker, right? Like it's just on the car. I've never seen it where you can do it yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that, that would be like the mid 2000 actions, like late nineties, mid 2000 actions. They come with literally a bag of red and white. Win- so the the two cars I have for the junior and stuff that I know that's red and white confetti are the Winston noble races.
1: Cause red and white was the Winston colors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was a noble uh, million dollar race or whatever it was at Talladega. Um, I also have the Tony Stewart Championship car that has a special finish on it that is almost looks like a candy candy orange. So it's a heavy metallic. Like it's almost more metallic than it is orange and it was kind of a I think it was a paint.
1: A little too much metallic? Yeah, it's too much literally, chrome.
0: It's literally everything is metallic and you like you get the orange after if it's in the light and you just see complete flake, that's it neat
1: um i'm just imagining loading up the confetti in like a popper and just popping <laughs> it over the car the co- that makes it look more natural
0: yeah well then you have to get a 124th popper yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go um, so i kind of i'm thinking like it right. comes
1: in the bag right like so you can confetti the car and like the little area around the car so it like looks like it was just kind of wafted down onto it right
0: yeah, because you can get displays from uh, other collectors and stuff that like make it look like it's in Victory Lane, or if it's on the banks, like cause people make three D print displays and stuff like that nowadays too. So, I've thought about of,
1: getting one for my cars.
0: I've thought about it, but like the only one I really want to put on display is I want to get a Talladega uh, backdrop and, like I said, put the senior last win car that was the race version with the donut and everything down the roof and uh, with Kenny Wallace and Joe Nemechek behind him
1: Wait, you say donut on the roof?
0: No, no, donut on the door. I might have said roof. Okay. You said, I was going to say, like, how did
1: it get a... Like, for, on, yeah. the, for, for those not in the know and racing and stuff, donuts are rubber circles left on the side of the car from other people's tires, which is why it was weird. It was on the roof, but it's on the door. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've had a donut on the roof of my car before.
1: Oh, boy. How did you do that?
0: So in real life racing, it was my first year racing. We had a massive pile up in the first corner of one of our heat races of, no, sorry, the feature race of the last night of the season. And the front two both got sideways and the rest of the 30 car field piled in. And I had a car drive up the left side of the corner panel, another car drive up the right side corner panel. And they were both trying to drive down. They were just spinning tires on on my roof.
1: Oh, fun. Jeez. Wow.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a rough night.
1: It's probably a little bit of a uh, nerve wracking situation, just a little.
0: I came from the world of demolition derby, so it was kind of more natural. Oh, so you're, you're like, this is home. You're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So my another funny story is from real racing. Is the first time my mom ever came to the racetrack is uh, at Peterborough Speedway, which is my home track here in Ontario there's a Pepsi sign that is the second billboard on the back straightaway. I went airborne off the K rail barrier in my uh, bone stock and was level with the Pepsi logo halfway up the sign and drove it to the pits and then came back and said, that was fun. I'm going to do it again. And she almost killed me. I was going to (laughs) say, she
1: probably had some words for you if that was her first race.
0: That was her first ever race, and like she was very nervous about me racing and stuff like that. That's all mothers would be. Yeah. Um, And like I said, that was my first season too, and I was battling for the win. I wasn't going to (laughs) lift.
1: Yeah, (laughs) of course not.
0: And I drove it back, so they didn't have to throw a red flag.
1: (laughs) That's just courtesy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So up here, we also have a rule. If the wheels leave the ground, it's an instant red flag. If they have to send like a tow truck out. And I'm like, well, if I drive it back, I don't have to go in the ambulance, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, absolutely. It's about saving time.
1: Yeah, I'll consider it.
0: And then, so back to my diecast collection. Um, I also have uh, a, a gold uh, plated uh, Jeff Gordon championship car that comes with uh, the hauler and the trailer and stuff like that.
1: Now, I've seen the gold plated cars before. Um, I'm pretty sure my uncle and my cousin had a couple of those too. Are those like? Are those hard to find? They just printed a ton of them whenever they the the driver won, and you can get like the special gold plated version.
0: So it depends on which ones you get. There mm-hmm. are some are some are cheaper. Uh, not actually gold. Uh, they're just a gold paint. Um, and you'll find them, and they're like one of five thousand. Uh, the one I have is one of ten gold plated. Uh, cars.
1: So that uh, one's worth something.
0: Yeah, it actually... Not
1: just because it's gold.
0: Um, Probably worth something. Like I said, because it was a kit and it was like a... I don't even recognize the brand. It was like a special commemorative thing that was only sent to so many people. And luckily the GM uh, boss in uh, Oshawa here, where the trucks and Monte Carlos were made at the time he won the championship, um, realized I collect diecast, and he goes, you know what? You you'd have more fun with this than I would, so I got something that the public isn't supposed to have.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome! That one, that one stays in uh, locked in the case, never never to be released. Like that, protected at all costs.
0: Um. Yeah, I honestly, that's hidden away. We're at the point where I won't ever touch it, and it'll just be when I open a cupboard one day, or somebody else opens a cupboard when they're cleaning up my stuff eventually, and they'll sell it for what I said I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I got um, another thing I've been collecting is the um, 911 uh, Dover cars. Um, So I have, like, the uh, Sterling Marlin, the Ken Schrader car, the Dale Jr. car, um, like, all the 911, uh, like, when they got back to racing after Mm -hmm. the uh, incidents all happened down in New York and stuff like that. So that's another one because uh, if people know me up here from, my derby days is my number was always three forty three because I always had like the respect to the firefighters and stuff like that. So I became, my number became that because that's how many uh, firefighters were lost in the towers that day.
1: Ah. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would have kept it going, but when I started racing, there was already a 34 and a 33 and a 43. So I had no way of making it work. Uh, ah. My 38 number on my real race car is actually a fluke how it started, and I just kept it because it turned out it was senior and junior's number put together, and that's just how I kept it, but I bought the car, it was number 88, I couldn't make, like I said, 343 work any way I thought about it uh, without getting in trouble, and so I just cut the first 8 into a 3 and registered as 38, and that's how I started.
1: That's a lot more interesting than how I got my number in iRacing, which was just because 98 was the number of the Dogecoin car that Josh Wise drove for two races. And then I, I took it because my, when I first started, I was driving the Dogecoin car, and then it's mine now. That's my number.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I only got into iRacing a few years ago because I wanted to try to stay fresh through the off season, even though it's completely backwards to how you drive in the game to how you drive in real life.
1: Describe for other people because, like we said, we had a we we talked about i racing in one of the episodes, or rather I did, since Pat has never actually done it except for what he played around on mine. Um, but you've done actual racing, so please, like, give some insight there.
0: So with i racing is you have to turn and feel what you're doing through the steering wheel and the pedals if you have a good set of pedals and wheel and stuff like that, we you have force feedback and uh, vibration pedals and stuff like that. So everything you have to do, whether your car is doing well or not well, has to be in your hands or your feet. Or in the real life scenario, I gauge what my car is doing literally through the seat of my pants. So if I can feel the seat doing something or if I can feel like you get that feel when you're when you're sliding on ice or something like that you can feel the car start to turn sideways and like it's just a natural reaction to counter steer. So like if you ever watch me do horribly on the the red light racing uh, broadcast it's it's mainly because I can't react as fast as I would in real life to save the car.
1: It makes sense. So what you're saying is we all need to buy like motion seats for i racing so we can feel when the car starts to slip.
0: I'm still set up on the kitchen table, brother. I just put <laughs> okay, well, so computer. first
1: up is you need to get a race seat like me, and then we need to get motion seats so we can feel the car slip.
0: Well, I'm sitting in an actual, like, race car uh, Kirkley seat on a couch just so I don't, like, lean too far because I found when I first started racing, I'd lean like I was in the car, so I put the seats there so I, you know, not lean so badly. But, yeah, like I said, it's, just, like I said, I'm hooked up. I need to get a rig and other things and stuff like that, but actually, yeah. if you
1: watch me when I, I race, like you can tell if I'm concentrating or not because I get hunched over forward like a little granny driving. Like that means I'm in the zone. I'm focused. and I have to remember to lean back, or else I'm going to hurt my back.
0: Um, usually I, I, I can tell if you're racing stamps. too. Yeah, I can usually tell if he's racing too because he gets super quiet.
1: <laughs> it's true. Sometimes I join in in the chatter if I'm focusing. I definitely ignore it as much as I can. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you seem to be a little more vocal lately, I think, because you've been having more fun runs with us. But, uh, yeah, it's the first time I raced with you, I remember some certain races that we'll talk about in our test sessions, that <laughs> uh, you were really quiet, and all of a sudden you hear, Oh crap, those weren't the exact words, but this is a PG program.
1: <laughs> uh darn it. I messed up.
0: And I haven't had a chance to win a race since then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Me either.
0: But yeah. Anyway, back to the diecast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a, this is a thing for this program. We'll go on tangents. We yeah. need to figure out a good name for tangents. Well, well I feel like this episode is going to be just called racing slash diecast. Diecast question mark? I, I didn't, also racing. You, Ryan didn't tell me that you were also a race car driver. I might so, have neglected to mention that. So, the, like, so that's fascinating to me, and the diecast is fascinating to me. And, which I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, oh, okay, that's cool.
0: <laughs> so you can delete this if you want because I know it's throwing someone out for YouTube. But uh, we have a guy up here that videotapes every race, name, and his YouTube channel is uh, Stronco77. So you can actually go watch. Basically, I raced the mini stock this year with a Dodge Neon that I called Hellkitten, and then I had Anna Nicole in the super stock division. Okay. Um so I raced both cars this year and I finished third in points in both cars. Um and yeah, yeah, good
1: job. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's super hard to do when you have no crew and like you gotta bounce between cars and like I usually oh, have yeah, like I don't doubt it between. And the worst was the last night I got turned into the wall and uh we bent both the rear and front clips and we had to fix a bunch of stuff while in the middle of racing another car too. So I actually had a lot of competitors come help me out so I can get back out there and finish the seasons
1: that's actually really cool it feels like you know it's a small small crew stuff uh people pitching and help
0: to be honest our racing community up here in canada i find it's a it's a family up here where we can all get along we all want to be each other on the track we don't want to see someone sit in the pits and it's it's no different than like you you, you deal with your friends if you're like, if we're on iRacing, if one of us has computer issues, one of us is like, all right, what do you need to fix it? Like, can we send you a part for your computer? Can I help diagnose it and stuff like that? Yeah, it's we'll troubleshoot like, it. Yeah, because, like, just just like anything else, like, not everybody's good at everything, right? So if you have somebody that's good at tuning a carburetor, maybe they'll come help tune your carburetor, but then you have to go help, you know, set a set of gears up for them and stuff like that. And it just, you you help everybody out so you can have more racers, and the more racers you have, the the more fun you get to have, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I mean, it's it's like with almost any any hobby, most ninety nine percent of people are extremely helpful because they want more people to enjoy the hobby with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, in reality, this is helping me. Yeah. Like you know, you and <laughs> the hobby only helps me, right? <laughs> in a roundabout selfish way, it's like, no, I want I want to hang out with you and do this thing with you, so I will help you no matter what.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So one of my friends up here, um, his he has two quotes that I I live my racing life by. And one of them was you have to hate the sport as much as you love the sport. Which means the time when everything's going well, you have to hate it to keep yourself humble, to keep you in the shop, keep working, keep improving your car, keep getting better. Because eventually people are going to catch you even if you're on a hot streak, right? And then you have to love it for all those times that you're rebuilding a completely junked race car and all the hard times we're eating like craft dinner for three straight weeks just to afford to fix the car to get back out there.
1: I think people need to know, since he's Canadian, Kraft Dinner is Kraft mac and cheese (laughs) here in the
0: U.S. (laughs) Yes, it is macaroni and cheese. Sorry, I'm I was forgetting. gonna say like,
1: well, I, I know, I was like, I know what craft dinner is. We're pretty close to Canada ourselves, but I know that some people listening have yeah. no idea. I just <laughs> want to say that was the important takeaway. By the way, yeah, was the craft dinner. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna focus on the craft. Focus on the mac cheese aspect. But I do like that phrase. Like, yeah, I man. actually, I, I think that's pretty good. I like where's to live by. Like you said,
0: and the second one was, um he likes, he's one of the fastest guys in his class. Every time he's, he's somebody that does a lot of research into his car and will have videos and stuff like that of how every part of his car works and he'll slowly get faster, but he's always got so many tricks in the book, kind of like what, like a Chad Knauss or something like that would be doing, but he starts helping out those guys towards the back of the pack first, making them faster. Because if he gets the whole field, say two, three tenths faster, when he goes another two, three tenths faster, it's just, and then he'll help them. And like, he likes the competition. He doesn't like blowing people out of the water. So it's like, it it's always been like, he's worked on my car. He's worked on a bunch of other people's cars, my friend's cars. And he wants to race somebody side by side for a win. He doesn't want to just keep blowing them out of the water. And...
1: Yeah, because winning like that can be boring. It's a win, but like, its it wasn't a race.
0: Yeah, and he had a few years where he just was ready to hang it up. Like, he didn't have any competition. It wasn't fun anymore. And he started helping people more and more. And they, now it's like he's running third and he's smiling. The biggest race we had all year called the Autumn Colors Classic, at Pedro Speedway, he finished second and he swore he won the race. But it was because somebody got their first ever race win in 40 years and he was happier finishing second. And he didn't try to move him. Nothing. It was a nice, clean racing. like he tried to get a run. The guy closed the door. He backed off but like didn't move them, didn't dump them. None of this dirty style racing you see nowadays.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that that's very cool. That's That tracks.
0: And All right. by the way, your tangent thing can be called squirrel moments for the shiny things.
1: Squirrel moments, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing the squirrel. <laughs> that's pretty good.
0: I love it. <laughs> I, I've always been, you know, called a squirrel when I start doing things like that, so it kind of works
1: yeah yeah you know, that absolutely works <laughs> and we, we we might have to take it yeah chasing the squirrel uh before we get into the uh the wrapping up on the on the post show stuff do you have anything else you'd like to mention about your diecast collection
0: uh or maybe even your real life racing some more if you want um just trying to think what diecast i haven't mentioned like i said i got a bunch of dlc oh i have the um I have a one of one mess up. Uh, I have the Dale Senior streak break car, but they labeled it wrong on on the car. The Batman spelt wrong on it.
1: How do you mess up spelling Batman?
0: It must have just been a printing error because it's B A L. Like it's like it forgot the top <laughs> of the T.
1: Okay. Oh wow.
0: And yeah, it's just it's something that it's one of those cool cars. And like I said, yeah, I have like over rare 250 cars. I'll send you more pictures. I have a bunch of, Oh, I also have I rock cars of like Dale senior and stuff like that. And Martin Martin cars. Like yeah, i have got his Activision car, his strolls, Light car,
1: yeah, like uh, send us some photos, we'll compile them uh, into little thumbnails and we'll throw them up on our socials so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to throw in pictures of your actual cars too, uh, if we can do that as well.
0: Yeah, I can try to throw in some pictures of the actual car and then you have a picture of the iRacing car so you can have like the three compared side by side, die cast really cool. and real car and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we could absolutely do that. That'd be so cool.
0: But uh, yeah, if you guys ever get up here and get a passport, you know. Glad to take you to the racetrack one day and you can kind of browse the diecast collection because I have some here. I have some at work on top of my toolbox.
1: Well, I do have a po- uh, a passport, so half done. I just need to get up to Ontario.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not that far for you. You could even come to one of the bowling tournaments when I'm down there.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun.
0: And uh, Sametrek,
1: uh actually delivers. Uh, they're talking about doing a train to Windsor from here. So like a loop around the lake, basically Windsor. Uh, down to Cleveland. I was going to say to Windsor would be like, like thirty uh, miles, maybe. Yeah. Like it's not even that far.
0: No, it's not. So I have one tournament a year that's by Windsor, that's in Sarnia, Ontario. So it's just. Well, yeah, it sounds no.
1: like we're going to hang out once a year.
0: Or well, like I said, you guys can pop up. So our Canadian Thanksgiving, which is different than American Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, yes, it it's, the, it's like the second week in October. We have a five-day race weekend um we move in wednesdays we tech thursday and then we start racing friday and then we race saturday and sunday and it's just a giant party flowing with adult beverages
1: <laughs> that sounds like fun you could see it but uh both of our both of our eyes lit up when you said five day race
0: oh yes race five morning. days That
1: sounds that sounds like a lot of fun
0: and it has everything from like your, I guess you guys would call them bang bangers or pure stocks or stuff like that. in the four cylinders to modify four bangers. Yeah. So we have two different vid- divisions of four cylinders. We have the bone stocks, which is your, got your car and put a cage in it kind of thing. And then we have our mini stocks, which is you're allowed a little bit of motor work, a little better tires, etc. Uh, super stocks. We have a truck class up here, which is a six cylinder trucks, like an S 10 and stuff like that. Uh, open wheel modified. So we have two divisions of that. Uh, Outlaw super late models, pro late models, limited late models, um, super stocks. We have legend cars, midgets. All of them are at the same track for the same weekend.
1: That sounds like a good time to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A sold. Plus some homemade adult beverages, which you guys should already know about. Yep. I'm saying that as PG as I can.
1: Yeah, no, no I get. It. <laughs> I think you might be going a little too PG, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, Everything yeah. shines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. uh, so going back to the die casting, real quick. I, I guess as we start to ramp up or ramp down, rather. Um, all right, kind of like the last, the last question that we would kind of tell, always ask is how do you know how do people join and. I mean the easy answer is you go and buy the you know you, you go can, to the store, you, you go to the flea market. Yeah, you, know, you buy diecast cars whenever you can find them. But I guess from your perspective, since you're fresh on this journey, what has been kind of like the best way to go about it? Like flea markets, you know. I mean obviously you probably hit up retail stores and do uh do everything so you're kind of fully entrenched, but like where would you if someone were to try to get into the hobby like how you're doing it? How would one go about it? What would, what would be like the most effective and coolest way to do it, I guess.
0: So fun fact, I've actually never gone to a real retail store and actually bought a brand new die cast or okay. like a retail priced one.
1: So that answers that question. Yeah.
0: So my biggest thing is, like I said, when I started is we have a flea market in, uh, in town. There's one guy that sells like sports memorabilia and stuff like that is I just literally, he had a wall of loose die cast and you'd have some in boxes and stuff like that. And, start small. Like if you have, I have like all screw it money. That's my adult money that I can spend on anything I want, whether it's lottery tickets or bowling balls or race car parts or, and if it's happens to be die cast that week, if I, if I see something I like, it's don't try to, if you have a favorite driver, obviously you can pick your favorite driver first, but sometimes it's just, you have to like the look of the car and you can get die casts that aren't just NASCAR. You can get like an cars, Indy cars, I know there's a JJ Yaley sprint car out there. You can get models of real cars, like 69 challengers and chargers and stuff like that. So it's more about whatever you personally like, there's more than likely a die cast for it. There's even ones where you can have like your favorite hockey team is like embedded on the car's paint scheme and stuff like that. So if if I'd say find the ones you like first, and then as you kind of get entrapped into the shiny thing program, then you can certainly go, hey, this one looks really cool. I don't have that one yet. And then, ooh, this one's a little expensive, but I'm never going to find it again, so I'll get that one.
1: I like the shiny thing program that you, you <laughs> dropped there. That's fun. <laughs> we're courting, <laughs> courting new Yeah, phrase, we're, new phrases left and right. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Well, it's literally how it works. You start yeah. off with a, like I said, I started off with one, and it was my card. I'm like, you know, it looks weird. So I have the JR Fitzpatrick car because I dr- drive against JR Fitzpatrick in the late model series, and I'm like, you know what? I've driven against JR. I need to have a JR car. And then I got a Gary Elliott car, which he's been 50 years with the same sponsor. So I got his diecast that was done by Lionel. He actually sent me one that was all signed and stuff like that. Um, so it's actually a late model stock that's done up in his livery by Lionel themselves. Um, so like, I raced his last race in Ontario. We were racing side by side, like literally two months ago and like door to door trading paint. He's a oh, wow. Canadian motorsports hall of famer. So, um, like I said, I ha- I'm like, I had to get that die cast. And like I said, it just slowly trickled on to like, I need some senior cars. I need some of these. I need some of these. And I was like, Ooh, that one's pretty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well down the rabbit hole now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's, that, there's so much to go. And like, like I said, if you don't limit yourself to, like some sort of strategy of like you want a certain brand or a certain kind of collection you can go overboard super fast and then you look at it and be like why have i spent so much money
1: Mhm mhm
0: But yeah like i said i've i've started limiting myself on restrictions of what i got to see and what i got to have like there's at the flea market right now which i was going to go to today but i went yesterday so we could do this He's got the entire um coca-cola c2 collection of cars right now that are loose out of boxes i'm like he's had it there for like three weeks i'm like "Ah, i want them but like (laughs) there's no boxes but they are action but there's no boxes i'm like all right well i get them and then try to find donor boxes and oh yeah it's it's also i've got some like um i don't know if you guys know it but it's the cascar series before the nascar Pinty series we used to have So i have a bunch of like canadian Made diecast from before that series and stuff like that too. So,
1: so I, I understood that, but I don't know if Patrick did. No, but that's fine.
0: So, Cascar was a touring series that before NASCAR bought into our racing up north. Okay. Um, it was the Cascar Sportsman Series or something like that. And that series still runs to this day as the Ontario Sportsman Series now. It's just, but uh, yeah, that's where you had like your Ron Beauchamp uh juniors your don thompson's your scott steckley's dj kennington's all some of the bigger names up in canada driving like i have some of those cars that like they're like a one of five thousand produced and like they were all just mid-tier quality so a lot of them like gave them to their kids and stuff like that and like so finding them in the box is actually hard to find a good condition one
1: okay but then then begins the hunt to find yes. a good condition one in the box.
0: Yes. And you'll always find something in the weirdest place that you didn't think to look. Like, I started going to this flea market because my friend at this market has her pizza store. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll go and I'll just walk around. I grab some garlic bread as I was walking around. I'm like, ooh, there's diecast. There's six diecast place in this one flea market. Wow. This flea market must be huge.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: it used to be a Target before... They closed down up here because we don't have targets anymore up here. Yeah,
1: okay. So, so the it is entire sizable. Now yeah.
0: Flea, yeah, it's now a flea market. It's a target-sized
1: flea market. Okay, that's that's pretty big. That is pretty big. Wow.
0: Yeah, you have your basic, like, you know, you have, like, your magic cards. You have your people crocheting things. And you have your, like, jewelry. All DVDs. Yeah, you, know, you have your antiques. You have a lot of sports card collectors, Pokemon collectors, magic cards, stuff like that. And, like like I said, I found there's one guy that deals with sports stuff that he has two booths. Uh, I go see him literally every single week, and he goes, "There's nothing new." Or he'll be like, "I saved it." Like he literally, if he gets an her car now, he saves it, and no one else is allowed to see it before I see it. So uh...
1: <laughs> you got the insider. That's uh, I love that. I mean, that's universal to every hobby. Once you get start to get to know people, and they're like, "Oh, I know you like this," and okay, <laughs> guaranteed sale probably. Yeah.
0: Well, and here's the thing: is like because it's a flea market. The first, like, I got a couple like. Uh, You know the Super Truck Series before they called it the Craftsman Truck Series, like the inaugural year? I have a couple, like, Daryl Walter trucks, Ron Hornaday trucks. Like, I have a Ron Hornaday unsponsored Dale Sr. or Dale Earnhardt Incorporated ride truck that's, uh, like, it's like five, six pounds how heavy the truck is. Like, it wasn't mass produced. It was just, like, almost like someone literally made it out of steel in the shop.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wild.
0: But, But, yeah, I have some of those, and, like, it's a flea market. You gotta try to haggle a little bit. And the first oh, few yeah. times I, I tried haggling, I'm like, you know what, this guy's got good stuff. I'm like, I'm not even gonna haggle him anymore. I'm just gonna go in and see what he wants for it and I'm just gonna pay him. And then he goes, Well, you're buying seven cars today. If they're twenty dollars a car, give me a hundred bucks. Yeah. So I have nice money. With I you. Out. Checks out?
1: Yeah. Alright, I think we're gonna have to start Winding down. Brandon, thank you very much for joining us here. No problem. It's a a bit of a wild ride. Absolutely. This was an absolute blast. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, if you ever want to, you know, pop by, you know, check out my podcast, The Feeney Call, with some local Canadian racers, including some of the northeastern uh, U.S. racers as well. I've been slowly getting on here. Yeah, I've watched
1: a couple, so I recommend go check out The Feeney Call.
0: Absolutely. We'll put a a link uh, when we post the episodes. Absolutely.
1: If speaking not, of that
0: to see some people at the racetracks
1: yeah that too anyway uh patrick why don't you uh, hit them with the socials all righty uh so again if you want to contact us in a way if you want to if you want to relate your own stories or uh do anything like that um we are the shiny pod at gmail.com that's our email we are shiny things podcast on Facebook. We have a whole page. Uh, that's where you can see episode links. Any, that's where we're probably going to post the pictures. Um, and then uh, we're at the underscore shiny underscore pod on Twitter. And we'll also be posting pictures there as well. or X or uh, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, that's where you can find us. And again, Brandon, thank you so much. This is awesome.
0: Thanks for having me. Hope to see you guys up here soon.